Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Party of Two podcast right here on Anchor or wherever your podcasts are sold. I'm one of your hosts, the Internet's Mark Bidonica. And I am your other host, the Internet's Andrea Donica. And if you're listening to this and wondering, man, I would love to be involved in the recording of that, you should head over to Mark B. Donica on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Mark That's where we record the episodes live. We also do a pre-show and a post-show. And anybody watching has a direct access to being a part of the discussion. And today's discussion is one that we we came up with a couple of weeks ago, and and I think we finally were like, no, let's bite the bullet, let's go, let's turn turn the ignition and race towards the failures of Fast and the Furious as a theme park entity. And to be totally honest, have you ever seen a Fast and the Furious movie? No. I have seen one. I've seen Fast Five, and it was a lot of fun. We are not here to... Uh, we're not here to poo-poo on the franchise or poo-poo on the f- fans of the franchise. We're not looking at certain character moments that need to be brought into the fold as a theme park experience. We are looking at what they have done so far and how it has just messed with all sort of expectations on the franchise. And it, I, it's just a shame. It's, yeah. it's really a shame. It is the highest, if not, you know, it is... The fourth, it's either the fourth or fifth highest grossing franchise of all time. And there's still a lot more left in the tank. So looking at it like that, you'd be, you'd figure that there would be this top of the line, you know, open checkbook, free budget, like whatever sort of experience, because we're going to get that money back and we're just going to keep fueling this machine over and over and over again. And yet... Uh, thank you, nerds doing stuff. Thank you, Robbie, for the uh, the thick bits, the twenty bits. I also love the little emote that you got there too. Um, so, Andre, your experience with the Fast and the Furious franchise, similar to mine, has been almost primarily at the theme parks. Is that right? Yes, one hundred percent. So, t- t- back in 20, 2006, we were starting to go to Universal real heavily, which eventually led to you getting a job there yes but it did. we had we had annual passes and when we heard that the uh, tram was going to be getting a new uh, fast and the furious thing like okay this sounds interesting i have to say too the the commercials for this thing the advertisements were saying it was going to be a brand new ride and so we were very excited and it's like oh fast and furious like for me i know that it's fast really pretty cars a lot of explosions a lot of action etc but for me while i might not be super familiar with like all the character names etc like what really the movies are about what i do know is it can make for some really amazing theme park experiences like fast cars like ultimately like yeah that's really thrilling so I was super excited. And so then you find out later on, oh, this is part of the tram tour. Well, the tram does not go very fast. It can't. It It literally cannot. It is carrying quite a bit of people. It's a lot of heavy machinery. And obviously, it's also driving along an active film studio. Like, it just, it cannot be driving around frantically uh, like 60, 70 miles per hour. It just, it can't happen. 
So <laughs> not with that attitude, it can't. That's right, Robbie. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, we're going to be talking about the, the the later retraction where it did add to that and sort of help the sensation. But especially at that point, two thousand and six uh, was Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Drift. So the third one. So at that time. It was it was just racing movies. It was just cars. It was just it wasn't it wasn't even well. It, there it was great stunt driving. Yeah. and definitely some stunts, but nothing. Once they hit Fast Five, it went into uh, just the wildest, craziest dreams. Uh, yes, Robbie, we're we're getting there. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk so, about the dancing cars. I mean, we were gonna get there, but I guess we can't Gasolina. now. Gasolina. So, so I. Forget what I was saying. Let's talk about dancing cars. Um, in so in two thousand six, a, uh, a soundstage, and I'm using air quotes there, called studio uh, extreme the, air quotes there because 55, literally it was outdoors. It was an outdoor studio stage. Uh, Fifty five opened up, and we were supposed to see stunts from uh, Tokyo Drift. And I have I couldn't I found after the fact, like while prepping for the show. There was, a, I was looking for the trailer so that I could show the trailer. But for everybody who's watching us live, this was essentially the thing where you would drive up and there would be fire, there would be a gunfire from a, from a swimming helicopter, water effects, and then the cars would barely start to eat forward <laughs> and then they would go go up on kooka arms and they would start to dance and blah 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 and kooka arms uh, obviously not everybody knows what that is obviously kooka k-u-k-a that does stand for something and unfortunately i do not know what that is off the top of my head but it, but it was uh, a brand new technology at the time um and they are not cheap in fact, uh, what was really dramatic and exciting about this at the time when this part of the tram was premiering, the fact that Universal was able to use this technology, they basically got it over Disney. They got it first. And that technology was supposed to be used for Finding Nemo submarine voyage for the anglerfish. Mm-hmm. But Disney wasn't allowed to use it because of the timing, because Universal had a a time frame in which they were the only people that could use it. So the subs opened to being a little less than exciting, actually a lot less than exciting, because the anglerfish was supposed to be like their showpiece. So the fact that Universal got it first was kind of like a big F you in terms of the design. A very rare instance where Disney loses to Universal. Very rare. And just before we get off of it, KUKA is a, a German manufacturer, which is a, a an acronym for Keller und Napik Augsburg, which Ooh. is uh, the names of the people that run it. Oh, so that's, that's the cool. company. It's not oh. like the technology, but it's the company. Interesting. Um, so this experience was around for seven years, 2013. Was when it when it finally went away? Don't jump. Look, we got to talk a little bit more about the dancing cars. But the, what else is there to talk I about? I mean, they were cute. And the <laughs> theming in the area was... Okay, now he's laughing at me. No, you know what? Okay, at cars being cute. Okay, well, they were cute dancing cars. Because first they did the stunt effect for us. And then they were dancing to Gasolina. And literally, it is just like stuck in my head. And... Uh, Every time I hear that song, I think I think of the dancing cars. Reggaeton. And like it's just it's locked in my memory and it'll forever be there in my heart and soul. 
um, fueling it, as it were. And if it, oh, and if anybody, <laughs> if anybody follows me on Instagram, like you'll get that. Some people didn't get the joke, so I posted uh, a promo of this with Gasolina as the as the backing oh. track. And and somebody messaged me and was like, "I didn't know you liked Daddy Yankee," and I was like, "It's a joke." <laughs> It's a joke from the thing. If you know that, whatever. Like reggaeton's fine. Daddy Yankee, cool, great. I'm happy that everybody is fans. Of, Something of this that person. I also appreciated about the area was that because it was uh, themed to Tokyo Drift specifically, they had like a few vending machines in the area surrounding that were like uh, Japan vending machines. I mean, they were fake, but I was like, ooh, is that ramene? Cool. Is that like. Just now, now I want a fizzy drink. So by 2013, you would think, oh, this is a very popular franchise. This is, uh, th- this is a variety of things, and they would probably take care of this area. You'd be wrong because anything because it was outdoors. Everything was bleached with by the sun, super super quick. Yeah, it deteriorated into whatever. Like the cars were kind of upkept, but ultimately. The rumor was that the cast didn't like how Universal didn't wasn't taking care of the the attraction, so they closed it down. That's the rumor. But on top of that, they were already developing the next thing. Well, and and the rumor started before people found out they were actually making a, a bigger Fast and Furious supposed attraction. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, ooh, we're getting a specific Fast and Furious ride. Awesome. And then again, we get hit with, oh, it's again going to be part of the tram tour. Um, and it, it's, it was set for the very end of the tram. And in the place of where the, uh, the mummy tunnel experience used to be. And the $6 which, million dollar man tunnel, which turned into the mummy tunnel. Which, which was, just... was also an earthquake tunnel at one point. That tunnel like changed a lot of times. And it wasn't like... it. The mummy theming was probably the best that that area had ever been. It had some pretty cool props. I liked the... Um, I liked the, the little cast chairs that were outside. Because it, that an, was it was when, a live set. And that was back when Whoopi was uh, part of, was like the tram host, which was uh, interesting enough. And she was killed by scarabs. Yes. That was fun. But then she came back. The very next day. But uh, the, the shame about, or the additional shame about this, is they just sort of shuttered the, the part of the tram with the dancing cars, the, the stage 55, and it's still there. It's still there, and it's just gathering dust and leaves. And one of the car models is there, but one of the other ones isn't. I think they might have put that in the uh, the car, the line of cars. What I do would they call hope that? so. Like repurpose what you can, man. But like, it's just sad. Ex- that expensive technology is just sitting there. It's and they very could be using expensive, it and it's sitting outdoors in the elements. That's what really gets me about all of this. Like the fact that tech. The technology itself was such a big freaking deal for Universal to get. And yes, then see. just like a couple of years later, like, nah, we'll just let it sit there. But, you know, also finding out that we were going to get a new experience, like you had hope, like, oh, like, it's probably going to be this even better and bigger thing. Like, you you had no idea what was going to happen. And I mean, you knew you were going to end up on the tram, but... 
at the very least, it there was so much potential. I will say, at the very least, Supercharged is better than Extreme Close-Up, which is what the the attraction was called, was Fast and the Furious Extreme Close-Up yeah. on the Universal Studios Hollywood Tram Tour. Oh, what a, what a name. But when we got Well, this, actually, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I would say, like, ultimately, on the whole, yes. That specifically, the tram version, because... Oh, just simply because The Rock is involved. Well, that's a big plus. But uh, when it came to this, they brought a whole bunch of the original cast. The Rock had recently joined the cast. I think it was six or seven. Maybe Fast Six was coming out at the time, if I remember correctly. Music, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Rock had joined at five, so he became a part of the main cast. And then it was uh, Letty, Roman, and Vin. I know I'm using combinations of character names and... Dominic Toretto. Dominic... Dom Toretto. Yeah, John Cena's brother. So uh, we had them in... Oh, as well as uh, Shaw, who was played by Luke Evans. Um, Like, the the only... (laughs) We know these characters because of this experience. Yes. (laughs) Ironically enough. Um, And uh, for... For the current portion of the tram tour for this this newer version now, what <laughs> yeah family family, uh, what begins is at the end of Wisteria Lane, which uh, was originally called why why am I drawing a blank it's right Wisteria now Wisteria Lane that's fine yeah Wisteria Lane um, but you know where where all of the classic facades for the houses where. To Killing Mockingbird, The Munsters, like all of these really famous houses that you'll have seen in film and television history. Um, at the end was uh, the the nineteen seventy. There's a charger. Yeah, there was Dom's yeah. charger was there, and the it it was cool in the sense that it just was a thing, and for people who may not have known, even though there was advertising plastered all around the right. the the park. The your um your tram operator your your tour guide called it into security. Security responded, blah blah. blah. And then like five minutes later, they're like, "Hey, we ran a check on the plates that belongs to Dominic." Tra- oh, okay. Oh, fast the fear. And then, but then you had more of the tour, and you kept going. And then eventually, it got to the point where the government took over, and then uh, Hobbs took over, and then you were finally housed in the sweet thing. cheeks and the uh, stink pickle. Um, oh man, I, I will never believe, forget Stink Pickle. I can't believe that they got Stink Pickle at a fa- on a family quote family attraction. Get it in a in a, a family park, but um, it was it was a cool progression, and they yeah. don't necessarily uh, they don't necessarily do all of that anymore. They like I, as far as I know, they took it's a, it's a timing thing. Uh, so something that I've always found interesting about the tram tour, depending on how much stalling time or or if the if the route gets changed a little bit you know certain clips will be used in their entirety maybe they'll use a certain amount or sometimes they will edit certain clips to adjust for that timing if you have to avoid certain shoots and your driver has to kind of take an alternate route um but what i always appreciate about the hobbs uh video that you would see inside of your tram 
would be The Rock basically giving you a quick rundown. There is a high value target uh, in the tram tour with you. And um, Shaw has targeted, is, is trying to find them. So basically everybody is at risk. So we're going to put you in this safe location. It's the literally the least amount of information that you need. But it is so well done. And it's just like, it's also like it's the, the rock, rock is so freaking professional. Like he knows what to do. He knows how to look at a camera and just be like, da 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 All right, great, go. And at the same time, be as charming as hell. Oh, I love him. He's got a big, he's got a big gun. Um, <laughs> so ultimately you get into the uh, the facility. There's a party going on and Roman sort of blows the cover and you real quickly you realize that you have to get out so you almost as soon as you get in you watch this little scene on like this pepper's ghost video effect which is just awkward there are all these women that are dancing and are like half naked something too that i will note as well the dialogue used to be different and a little more racy as it were, but then Me Too happened, and then they went back and they edited the dialogue so that it would be less offensive to women. Ultimately, this came as a result of the, quote, popularity of the Kong 360, which was a replacement for the big Kong scene that was, like, torn up city, there was a giant animatronic Kong, and it was awesome. It was, it was a great incredible. reason to visit. You were on a freaking bridge, and Kong would grab it, and the bridge would move and your tram cars would be sliding up and down on, and it on the like hill. it smelled like banana runts. It was great. Yeah. And, I mean, it was so cool. Mm. Um, and then uh, and something interesting, too, that I'll call out because I know we've got quite a few Universal fans listening. Um, Universal has a strange history of about every 20 years uh, there being, like, a massive fire that burns a lot of stuff down. And uh, Kong was a part of that pattern, mm-hmm. or it might even be every ten years. Actually, I think it was twenty. Okay, ten is ten is too recent. <laughs> twenty is enough for people to forget and then go, "Huh, that's weird." But is like, is that like a convenient way to use insurance money to like build new things? Who knows? And, Maybe a new soundstage on your studio lot. Hmm, questionable at best. Um, but uh, like as. Innovative as the new Kong 360 experience was, again, that was like 3D technology, which again was like really hot in that moment. But we lost the Kong animatronic. It was cool, like seeing him there, like he was hairy and you could smell the the bananas and it just like there was a lot of drama. It was a fully immersive environment and I really don't, get that with Kong 360, but again, it's like, it's projection technology. It's not physical sets, and Universal has, for a while, relied a little too much on screens, but they've also asked guests about that, and guests have told them emphatically, yes, you're using screens too much, which is another reason why Hagrid's became what it is. Too bad no one can write it. Yeah. Even though now is kind of the perfect time to be able to write it. Uh, thank you, Jay, for the raid. Uh, appreciate you coming in. We're talking about Fast and the Furious and how just woof. Ooh, and thank you for the follow. Thank, thank you very you. much. That brings us one one closer to our goal of 100. So appreciate the follow there. Um, so at 
with this, they essentially did, all right, what can we do? How could we use this exact same technology yeah. in a less dynamic way and try to get and try to make this experience? And it's a shame because they spent a whole lot of money, not just on the technology, but on the people. Yeah, getting all of the actors back. And I mean, like, I appreciate that they spent the time to shoot it. I, I like seeing the faces and being able to recognize them. Thank you for the follow. Um, it, it's just, it's a shame that, like, they spent all of this time and then, like, seeing the finished, the finished film is not good. It's bad. <laughs> so, like, they, they did, like, not very good CGI for, like, the streets of Los Angeles. And, I mean, it, it's generic L.A. So, technology-wise, they shot the actors on real sets. But the only parts of the shoot that they used were the faces. And they digitized everything else. So, it looks very video gamey, And with the 3D glasses that you're watching with, that helps a little bit. But it's still, like, even for somebody well, that plays no, no, a lot no, of... No, no, you don't do 3D for Supercharged. In Hollywood, you do. No, you no. don't. I remember doing 3D for that. I can tell you I was there most more recently than you were. Or, no, I take that back. I take that back. You were there with me. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But there, there is no 3D. They say specifically for Kong, okay, you were... That was the one time you needed your 3D glasses, and now you uh, just hold on to them for the rest of this... Uh, 25 30 minutes so what i was saying is that not presently but previously uh. i could have sworn that it used 3d and it doesn't say here but um yeah either way just because i don't know i guess the because it's similar to kong i i remember yeah no but um, it's easy enough regardless of that it's uh not fun <laughs> it's it's fun enough uh, you do this big chase scene, there's a big jump, the sensations are close, but we've, I'd say about 50% of the time, we have an okay ride. It's okay. And the 50% that we don't have an okay ride, we have a bad ride. Like, we've been, one of the things that Universal likes and, and a lot of insiders like to joke about is that they love throwing, splashing water at you. And mist, lots of mist, lots of fog, though. I think they've tried to go as water based as much as possible. Well, we got splashed by a glob of water. Oh, yeah. Right and, in my eye. Oh, that was so that was rough. Theme park water it. is like, oh, cool. Fun experience. But when it gets in and around your face, especially now, not a great experience. But um, chlorine kills almost everything. But just being jostled uh. around and thrust around. So as an implementation of this technology on the tram ride, it's fine. It is fine. So that's not a great that's not a great place to start from. Um, oh, and the the sad thing too is like as you're driving out, like leaving the the main show building with the, all like giant screens on both sides. And again, like props to them for for doing that, but just doesn't necessarily translate. Go back and clean things up. But they, they have a final uh, video where you see inside of the tram, uh, the, the main group is like thanking you for your hard work and like, oh, you're part of our family and this and that. But you can't hear them because the tram is too freaking loud. The tram's loud. Like, they're, blessing, <laughs> they're blessing music from the building. 
So the building is blaring the music on the sound system that was the same thing to immerse you in this ride experience. But then the tram audio is... Yo, we got a big family. <laughs> it's just a big lump of confusion. And thankfully, we just get one more rock. Wink. And that's that's all you need. And then that whoop, shoots up the ride experience by a lot. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, I will say, arguably, for Hollywood benefits from the added rock footage... And then Orlando suffers from ludicrous <laughs> uh, from from the uh, loss of rock footage. So okay, uh, this opened up 2015, 2015, June twenty fifteen, June twenty fifteen, and so they shot the footage for both um, for both. Uh, Florida and California. So the intent was always to bring some some part of this experience to Florida. And as a result, though, this replaced uh, Disaster, which was a replacement of Earthquake, which was another uh, like removed portion of the uh, an attraction the, the based off of tour. a part of the tour. Yeah. So they did that, and then they did Disaster, and then Disaster closed to a lot of fanfare because it was a very popular attraction. It was getting a little bit outdated, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. But also, Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review. Rock and Roll Graveyard Rock Review. and Roll Graveyard Review. And everybody loved that show. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a reason why it ran for as long as it did. It kept changing. It wasn't the same show over and over again. They tried to popularize itself. They used this, uh, or keep repopularizing itself. And then uh, during Horror Nights, they would do the Bill and Ted show. So that theater was used for a lot. So it took all of that space to essentially put this exact same tram attraction in Florida. Now, Florida, one of the things that we always try to uh, – one of the things that we find is a benefit of Florida is that they have the room. Yes. They have space. Now, this particular part of Universal Orlando is a little bit tricky, but with a little bit of fudging, you could probably make something here. It is right on the edge of Harry Potter. It is right on the edge of the London ver- part of Harry Potter. Slash Diagon Alley. Slash Diagon Alley. Um, so you would probably have to play a little bit more and go a little bit more into the Hollywood section. And personally, if it weren't for, for Jimmy Fallon, I think they could have taken over that whole corner of the park and made something pretty spectacular. So as a result, uh, or rather, this version of the attraction opened in 2018. And at this uh, at this uh, uh, announcement, or not the at this opening, an announcement was made that uh, for Universal Beijing, which is currently being planned uh, for a 2021 opening. Oh, that's, no, that's, that's gonna changed. change. Um, but another, a Universal Park that was opening in China was also going to get this same attraction, and uh, it probably won't because the, it's got awful. So, so here's here's what's different, and here's why I think in comparison. So this is like me comparing Cars One to Cars Two. You you watch Cars Two and you go, man, Cars was pretty good. Wasn't the best film ever made, but at least you could see some coherency. Where for this, it you didn't change a damn thing. You get to walk through all of these really cool cars that you recognize from the movies, and in uh, the queue, in the queue, yeah, at the beginning of the queue is really cool. It's like and a big it's auto like, shop. Oh, like like you're getting hyped. Like oh, what am I going to experience? And then at a certain point. 
you start reaching these different rooms where there is a, there is an employee who is acting like they are part of the story. The family. <laughs> the family. And uh, Dom's sister Mia is like welcoming you into the family via like... Um, just like a video, video call, call. FaceTime. It's, it's rough because here you are, you're in this big physical scene. You have a live person that is interacting with you that is, uh, interact that is interacting with you and, and, and trying to like bridge the gap between the fact that you have all of these screens around you, but it's pretty cool. You know, it's, it's something real. It's something tangible and you're walking through and they keep telling you there's going to be this sick party. Cause Dom won this street race. We're in it, which is weird. No, no, it's not entirely weird. Cause I was like, if he want, he won a street race in broad daylight and we're going to have a party here. So maybe it was the night before, whatever. Long story short, there's this big party, but then you find out that similarly to the Hollywood version, Shaw has found you and he's getting one of them. He's going to get you somehow, some It's It's a lot less... It's a lot less expressed what exactly is happening. Yeah. Just, hey, somebody found you. Like, he oh, they're us. right here now. So we got to get you out. Which is, like, similar, but, like, there's uh, there's less of a reasoning there. Whereas, like, for Hollywood, it's because you're warned everybody turn off your cell phones so they can't be targeted. And then... Uh, Roman is the one person who doesn't turn off his phone, and that's how Shaw talk, uh, targets everybody. At the same time, though, you are you are on the tram. You are not in control. You know, you everybody knows that you are on the tram, and you have only a certain amount of area to go. So, to me, that concept makes a little bit more sense because it's like, oh, we can't do anything. But once it's like, hey, this guy's coming after you. Oh, I'm gonna go back and leave. I can leave. I'm not, I don't, there's an exit door right there. I could just go. But it's like, no, we're going to get you out of there. So, rightfully so, uh, it's the We'll best. live together as a family and we'll die together as a family. We're going <laughs> to die is the key phrase there. But it's it's one of those things of like, all right, we're going to get you out of there. Okay, this is the Fast and the Furious franchise. Let's get in a fast car and it's going to be this high speed. But no, we got a bus for you, bro. A party bus. Party bus. So it's essentially a tram car that's made up to be a party bus. Again, similar to uh, their seating. Kong uh, situation. And I, and I want to talk about that in a second. Yeah. Because um, the, a similar thing happened in Islands of Adventure. But while we're talking about this... It, you get in the bus, you go down the street into a different building, and when you're going down the street, you see a really red car. It's like, oh, I really wish I was in that. It's and a then, cool alley with with all of the set dressings and exactly what you would expect from Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. You go in, and then the same experience happens. And that's such a letdown. It's the exact same footage. They and Technically, for the setting, you're supposed to be in San Francisco in that area of the park. You're driving through L.A. Mm -hmm. There's the a couple thing. of things that they released with, like, crab shacks as opposed to taco joints, which is, like, whatever. <laughs> but it's just the lamest. And within a... Almost, almost instantly, it started testing to be one of the worst things. And and people weren't liking it. Fans of the franchise weren't liking it. It's and not for anybody. It's not for it's kids. It's not for anybody. It's not for fans of the Fast and Furious franchise. And it's not for people that love 
theme parks. Like, it, it's just, it, it is a letdown on all of these different levels, and it is so unfortunate. It is the lowest rated attraction in Orlando at the present time, I believe. It's a disappointment. It's, it's a total disappointment. And one of the things for me... If you if you could trick me into a theme park ride, if you could trick me into an experience, if you put something that I want to experience and be a part of, I'll probably look better on your franchise. This is just me talking here. I hadn't seen any of the Avatar films, and I've said it before on this show, that the Pandora is awesome. It's amazing. I've, I've never seen any of that stuff, but the way that they utilize that franchise makes me want to be a part of it, makes me want to go to there. Whereas you hear Fast and the Furious... And you go, cool, this is gonna be this is going to be that. It is the name is going to live up to itself. And instead Universal was too fast and too furious to get an attraction made. We, which is okay, so we just we just talked about 2006 when the extreme close-up came up. That was for the third movie. The first movie I think was in like 2002, if I remember correctly. So something like that. It was the early 2000s. By 2018. They couldn't spend any of the highest grossing... F- well, they had to spend it on the cast. But you couldn't spend that to, to have a legitimate experience that lives up to that name. In a park where you're supposed to live the movies. This sort... Like, finally, I believe this put the kibosh on screen-based experiences in Universal. Because that's one of the biggest complaints that they have. Is everything is sit in a chair, look at a screen, and it'll shake you a bit and they'll splash water on you. Yeah. So... This and Jimmy Fallon, I think, were a one-two punch that made people go, this sucks. (laughs) Um, Like, you can only be so uh, rude to your audience so many times, right? Like, once you start to insult their intelligence with their hard-earned money, because it is not cheap to go to a theme park. It's not cheap to bring your entire family, make plans, and especially for Orlando being such a big travel destination specifically for theme parks themselves, you cannot advertise that you have a Fast and Furious attraction and have this be the end result. Well, you even, can't. Like, on top of that, they have been they use a lot of screens as, like, fusion attractions. So, like, the Escape from Gringotts is kind of a roller coaster, but it's got a lot of screens. Um, similarly to, and, and, and I think some would argue that um, Hagrid's is a little bit more coaster, a little less screens, but there's still screens to help tell a story. Um, but there's also full-on audio animatronics. Mm-hmm. You actually see a physical Hagrid that is supposed to be like one of the most uh, highly developed audio animatronics ever created. And and I think some creatures too. Are, are yes, quite a few well. creatures. So when it comes to the Fast and Furious franchise, I'm not asking for an animatronic Dom. I'm not asking... For an anim- actually, I am asking for an animatronic I, rock. Yes, I won't touch him. But oh. um, it's <laughs> so shiny. They better make sure they get his face right. No, they'll do the thing they do like with Buzz Lightyear, where it's just the screen and they just project him, oh, and no. it looks really bad. No, please don't say that. Please It'll... don't put that in the universe. No, I oh, want it to look awful. as good as the Scorpion King, uh, CG. <laughs> what are you saying right uh, now? The worst things, but. Um, there's, there's a real opportunity and, and I think the, not, I think the thing that, that made us, or that made me interested in wanting to talk about this is that there was a rumor going around yes. that they're fine after two years, which is almost unheard of, uh, after two years, almost, and then you have a journey, journey into, into imagination. your imagination. Yeah. So after two years, there seem the rumor is they're going to get rid of that 
and they're going to replace that with a night bus attraction to further the the theming of Harry Potter all the way down through San Francisco. Well, there there's that as part of the rumor. No, there, no, I was going to keep going. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. and and so that was going to be that part, and then the other half of the rumor is that the Men in Black attraction, which is great and. Uh, just recently celebrated its 20-year anniversary. It's a wonderful... It's it's a, so good. It's a target practice... Target practice. It's a shooting ride with physical sets, physical aliens, and a really cool story that puts you in the middle of the Men in Black thing. And, and it's fun. It's very it's fun. It's so much fun. But because... Seemingly, because MIB International didn't do really well, yeah. Universal is seeing this as a dead franchise, so they can't have it in the parks to represent anything. Man. Well, Universal really does not uh, show any nostalgia for anything. We're lucky that E.T. is still around simply because Steven Spielberg uh, will part ways with Universal if they dare touch the ride. Right, And I'd, I'd say rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a classic. And you would even think a classic like Back to the Future would be saved from elimination. And yet yeah. we're X amount of years from it being replaced by The Simpsons. Well, which is a which is part of my plan. So they're going to be ta- the the rumor is they're going to take out Men in Black and put a Fast and the Furious attraction there. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> what I think, and it's not something that can happen right now, but they at least shutter the ride part of Supercharged and they leave the walkthrough where you can see all of the cars. And they just put a, a door. It's like, okay, thank you for seeing the cars of the Fast and the Furious, whatever. Just so that people can go take pictures, blah, blah, blah. And it's a people eater. And then you have the weird void space gift shop. Um, they just need to reroute so that people can get straight to the gift shop after walking through the queue. Sure. Um, that might be tricky, actually. But that's fine. Yeah. You you still have something Fast and the Furious there. It's not an attraction. It's not something that people can vote down. It's just... A walk around, a walk around thing. The Simpsons contract comes up. We've talked about this a couple times. Simpsons con, the licensing for Universal is going to come up in a few years. Uh, I think. Uh, it, I don't remember the year, and we'll yeah. we'll need to do an episode specifically more on everything that's going to be happening with the Simpsons because there's a lot up in the air now that Disney owns the Simpsons, owns Fox, and. It, it is unlikely that Universal would really honestly want to keep paying for the licensing mm-hmm. uh, for them, uh, for trying to renew, trying to have the property in their parks. And very well, Disney could also... No, there's probably a stipulation in contracts since the attractions are already built that they might, as long as they maintain it, as long as they make sure that the... Uh, the Simpsons areas at the different parks are uh, lovingly kept up and don't uh, don't become old or whatever, similar to the Hulk uh, coaster. Which did get refurbished eventually. Uh, as long as Universal takes care of it, they could realistically keep it there. However, I do know that they have to pay for the walk-around characters. Mm-hmm. They have to pay to rent the costumes now. <laughs> So I just looked up, it's uh, 2028, which is a little bit long, farther away than I, than I suspected. But if you think for one second that the Fast and the Furious franchise isn't going to be limping along in 2028, as long as we're still around, 
then you'd be wrong. Because <laughs> they're trying to extend it with Hobbs and Shaw. I'm sure with Han coming back for Fast 9, maybe they're going to fi- figure that out and do like some Tokyo Drift stuff again and blah, blah, blah. But um, there's, there's enough. There's room. Ultimately... My idea would be to either break down Jimmy Fallon and you you do the Fast and the Furious thing in that same area, or ideally, you take over you take over Springfield, and now this would be in twenty twenty eight, so it would be a little bit longer than expected. But there can be a better. I feel like you get a better uh, feeling of speed on the Back to the Future ride system on the Simpsons ride system. Because you can you can control everything in certain a sense. I don't want another screen with this neither thing. Neither do I. But it is an it is an already existing infrastructure. That's that's part of the thing that is something to me. Is why because... do we have to settle for for crap? <laughs> why do we so, have to settle for it? I'm tired of it. With Back to the Future, it made sense. And with Back to the Future, that that footage was state of the art. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was lovingly made. I agree. It was worked on hard. We have CGBS, and and it is it is not okay. I I'm glad that they paid for the actors for their time and that they shot everything. But you know what? If if a ride is called Fast and Furious, I need to be getting my butt into a car. I get to I should be able to choose what type of car I'm going to ride, and it better move fast. So so what I was gonna say. Was that I'm very passionate about he, this? Apparently, no, no, I understand. That's the the passion is what's. <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> each each model car in the in my idea of a Simpsons ride version of the uh, up in front of that big screen. Each room has a different model car. So then you want to ride in every different room so that you can ride in every in in every different car. And maybe each car has different programming so it has a little bit different handling so it's a little bit wilder a little so little tiny attributes like you're choosing a car in a racing game where each experience is a little bit different but it's still boom housed that that would be rad so something something like that ultimately if we're talking if we're talking primo budget you've got to go for a two rail ride system you've got to go for currently what universal is planning for the donkey kong country um mine car ride or what um, what Disney is currently using for a test track is, is something to where there's there's a rail and then the uh, the floor where the ride vehicle is pressed up against, but under that is the actual ride system that is propelling the car here and there. For our West Coast audience, uh, if you are familiar with Radiator Springs Racers, that is the uh, other attraction that will give you the idea of the ride technology. Or Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's true. Dinosaur, yep. you know, that's something that Disney is very familiar with, and they're very confident with. They use it primarily in automobiles, in some sort of automobile, Jeep or uh, six-person coupe, I suppose. But Universal, I think, with making the um, or did did they do it for the um, the Gringotts attraction as well? Gringotts is a coaster. Ye- well. So Donkey Kong is going to be a coaster too. It's pretty dark in there. I didn't it, really look. And we've been that, on it once. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, we went on it twice. We went on it twice Fair during enough. our honeymoon. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, one thing that I'll say is, so Test Track is already kind of that ride experience. And maybe Universal was like, oh, well, we don't want to 
copy Disney. We want we don't want to do the exact thing. With Test Track, when you're waiting uh, in the queue, you have an option to kind of like design your own car. And the idea is that you are testing it out on the track and everybody in your car, basically everyone's designs are being uh, tested against each other and you get to see whose designs uh, go the best in each type of test. So for speed, for um, eco-friendliness, for handling, handling, all sorts of different things. So why not take it a step further? Like, I, I feel that there is a way in which maybe not for like completely unlimited designs, but maybe from like a certain number of types of cars, maybe like up to, maybe up to 10 different designs max. And even that might be a little too high, but uh, uh, each group of riders uh, or each party can decide what type of car vehicle they want to ride in and then they are kind of similar to uh, how we're how the theme park industry is experimenting now with um, boarding groups, etc. Like you get a number, so everyone is called in at a certain time when your car is ready for you. I think there is a way, kind of like in a waiting system. Like a virtual queue, a virtual queue, some sort of almost not quite a vending machine, but like with conveyor belts, like there would be like an area for like certain cars to be waiting. But ideally, like everything would be moving so quickly with with people. And if you're only using a certain amount of designs, like it should be able to move pretty fast with your car that you've chosen to ride being able to get into it. You've got to then compensate for the, it's entirely improbable, but definitely possible to where 100 out of 100 people want to ride in the same type of car. So then how can you prepare for that eventuality where those people aren't waiting exorbitant amounts of time, whereas you can cheat the system by going, oh, everybody's going for this model. I'm going to go for this other model so I can get on the car right now. And But to, to plus up that model, not everybody's a car person. I'm definitely not a car person. You're not a car person. So you talk a bunch of tr- car jargon at me, cargon, if you will, then I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to understand. Like People will be like, oh, yeah, that model, this, with the this, and that, and that. I'm like, that sounds like cargon, and, and that's, that's all that I'll have. But if you show me this car from Fast and the Furious 1... This car from that Fast was the, and the other Furious thing two. I was contemplating too. This car too. from Fast and the Furious Five, like all choose this different your star stuff, vehicle. You choose the vehicle from your favorite movie, and then all of a sudden you're riding in style. Mm-hmm. I love Fast and the Furious. I love Fast Five. So let me pick one of the cars that Dom was rolling through Rio de Janeiro with. Like I'm, I want to hit up the streets of Brazil, baby. You know, the you have then. It's more of a, it's a little bit more of a, well, I'm picking this car because it's my favorite movie that brings you closer into the movie, brings you closer to the franchise, and that allows you to feel a sense of ownership, even though you don't have any. Uh, you get a little bit of ownership uh, of being a part of that franchise. So I, I think that is is doable. I think it's doable. I think, too, like, they would probably need to do, like, an excess of each type of ride vehicle so that they have like additional backups, but also just the way ride operations are, 
just because you're going on a ride on a busy day doesn't mean that every single ride vehicle is actually out um, going along the track. There's still going to be a couple that are put in, in their their garage, Didn't their warehouse. Out. Yeah. Um, so it, it's more a question of just streamlining more like pulling a vehicle out of a queue um, and kind of uh, doing some sort of a vending machine effect. Uh, though a, a little less uh, damaging <laughs> to the product, but I think I think it's definitely doable with with robotics and technology today. I think it could absolutely be done in terms of uh, a coaster or ride technology. And you can have some sort of maybe not maybe not it would have to be a screen some sort of representation of the cast and oh we're doing a we're doing an old school street race this that and the other thing that's fine and, then, and you know what if they still want to do the storyline of Shaw like targeting you and like you needing to get out of there though i guess like the impetus if you're waiting for your car is like a little different at the same time if you're supposed to get rid of everybody <laughs> that's waiting like there's always downtime yeah, and how many? How then? It's also going to be numbers. How often can you send people through? Um, definitely doable, but it's going to take a lot of money because I don't know. Like Universal has access to that technology, but how much of that is proprietary to? Excuse me. How much of that is proprietary to Disney? How much can they actually do? Do they have to do some research and development for their own stuff? That's, they always have to. Yeah. But like that's the name of the game that that is the way in which that's the way in which uh ride development goes. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I've always thought uh, so going back to um the Harry Potter idea real quick, while I love the Harry Potter franchise and I love the themed areas, I love Diagon Alley. Um, I, I love, I love everything that's come out of that. Um, I think it's important that the Universal Parks have different experiences and, and different, different franchises and not uh, focused on just one thing. I think it's good to have differentiation because not everybody cares about Harry Potter, but also not everybody cares about Fast and Furious. Again, if it's a really good ride... If it's something really exciting to check out, no one's going to care whether they have seen the movies or not. And this also applies to the situation on the suggestion of uh, retrofitting what's already there into a night bus ride. Oh, Just yeah. because they put Harry Potter on it doesn't mean that people are going to like it because it would be the same ride technology and it would still fall flat. Even, like, you, you would still have like a, a big name cast, like that doesn't change the fact that the the ride vehicles are going to be a letdown. It's still going to move slow and you're still going to be surrounded by screens. And that's not what we want. That's not what the public wants. No. And and that's what, like, they, there's just a lot of restructuring that needs to happen ultimately in that whole sort of waterfront area of the park. You've got Potter there. That's fine. Men in Black is also fine. I don't think you have to touch that for a little bit longer. Unless if you have a good idea. Because you can't just retrofit that with a Fast and the Furious attraction. Because it's a shooter ride. Like, what you're going to put... Real, 
It's different because you get like laser guns to fight aliens as opposed to, hey, we're running from a government agency or a terrorist organization. Everybody has actual guns. Let's go. Like it's so you're going to take that space. If you're going to take that space, you better take a whole lot more. Um, But then what are you going to put up in supercharges stead while you're developing that other attraction? Like Universal has so much on their plate right now. They're building a whole third theme park. Which has been delayed by at least a year. But even so, like if you're if you're planning for that, are you is so does this mean that this plan for this is going to be twenty twenty four? That's a huge t- that's a huge time to enact this quote unquote plan, rumored plan. So part of planning for any expansion and any of the Orlando theme parks, because this is something that Disney experienced X amount of years ago, when they when they opened up Animal Kingdom, they were under the impression that uh, attendance for all four of their theme parks were going to go up because they thought it would uh, drive more visitors. Instead, it cannibalized on their other three parks. Um, not it, it, I, I will say Magic Kingdom really didn't fare bad, but as a result, they were like, oh, maybe instead we won't go to now Hollywood Studios. Maybe we won't go to Epcot. Um, and Universal is going to have to be, is going to have to take numbers like that into account. So what is done nowadays is that if a brand new theme park is going to open, or if there's going to be a major expansion at one park, that there are other parks that might be older are going to get something new, something something still exciting, not necessarily not necessarily something to outshine this brand new shiny park, but something that is still going to make visitors want to go to everything. Hmm? And so, it'll keep it'll keep the attendance there, but even so, if you're close to your rides to open new more, like I mean, it's it's something that Universal or uh, Hollywood does a lot because they have a lot less space, which is why it's weird that they're not just adding new things. Um, I I really want Jimmy Fallon gone. Like I I want Jimmy Fallon gone more than I want uh, Fast and the Furious gone because Fast and the Furious's footprint is smaller. It it removed a lot, but uh, Jimmy Fallon's got a whole set of uh, facades and a whole street. And if they, honestly, if I think Jimmy Fallon is the only thing keeping that area themed to New York City. Oh, absolutely. Well, I I think um, I think that Jimmy Fallon should be replaced by by a brand new Beetlejuice dark ride. Yeah, but that's, we've talked about that. That was one of our first shows. Yeah. Uh, yes, Mr. Obvious in chat. There is a uh, Jimmy Fallon race through New York, which is themed after a lot of his popular characters from The Tonight Show. The one thing I will say is they have a Tonight Show museum that is really cool, but I would, similarly to the Fast and the Furious queue, I would take that over the supposed real attraction. Be- uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. It's just another... It's an even bigger... It's you sit in like a studio on it setting, and then... It's a, a screenwrite. 
the shaky, shaky, splash water, splash water. Over the moon and under the sea. But it, what's even weird is that's so close to the Hollywood Rip Ride rocket. So it's like, wait, are we supposed to be in Hollywood? Or Oh, we're New York's right over here. There's just a whole bunch of fakakta it, business. It's, you know, Universal Studios Orlando is a mess. In terms of its theming and how everything is spread apart, I. It started so well. It starts with one. And and now they've just been like, okay, we're gonna get rid of this, and we'll just put this thing in its place. It doesn't really feel like they ever really think about like where something is gonna go. Well, thank you, Mr. Obvious, for the bits. The, the uh, just wanna. Fill up the glass with rage for Jimmy Fallon. Um, that looks like a Cyberdyne logo. Dun, 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 dun. Which which does? What does? <laughs> that, that, oh, the little yeah. oh, the actual bit. I mean, it's a, it it reminds me of the graphic that would spin. Anyway. Uh, oh, the Dita says, I don't know if it's because I'm Irish, but I just don't understand the talk show thing. It seems huge over in the states. It was. It, it used to be, and it, and it now, used to be a way that people got news in an entertaining way. Yeah. But now people get stuff through Twitter, and even so, people I don't like Jimmy Fallon was a very safe bet for a for a talk show host, and it's the same thing as James Corden. Mm. I used to be really plugged into that scene because I I was a night owl, I was a night wolf, and and I would stay up even as a little 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 kid and watch that stuff with my parents. Like they would pass out, and I would just be like watching David Letterman on on the television, but. Um, I, I think the time has just about passed on all of that just because the the turnaround on jokes, you can see all of the best jokes on Twitter or you can wait eight hours and watch it on television. Yeah. Who's got the time anymore? <laughs> like not to say that they, they can't do good work and sometimes they do great like um, humanitarian work. Yeah, absolutely. But definitely it's, I think it's a, it's a, it's a lost art, especially now that everybody is doing interviews from their homes. It'll be weird to get gather people in a room to watch a live band play. Like, this has changed everything. This the, the everything that's going on right now has changed entertainment on a wide swath. But it, as far as your question or as far as your comment, it was very popular and it's just kind of not evolved. But I think we're. Uh... We're kind of wrapping up on Fast and Furious. Yeah. We we feel like the franchise and just just the name Fast and Furious itself has so much potential and it, it deserves it deserves something better. And the guests deserve something better. One more question that I wanted to ask you before we did wrap up. Hmm. Do you think a car stunt show would be would be worth it at this point? So let's say let's say hmm. whatever, they need a lot of time. So they set up a theater where they do a car stunt show in the meantime, like, hey, we're building a ride, but while we do, here's a place where you can see some sweet car stunts. It's a classic theme park thing. Disney MGM has been doing it for, for a really long time. Well, they used to. Or, or, well, they do, uh, isn't Cars Academy? Isn't Doesn't that well, have some uh, something? Cars Academy is something, but it, it's, not, it's not like lights, motors, action. No, it's definitely not that. But... Um, I, I wonder if that could be a short-term fix so that they can at least have the cars that people recognize. Maybe you get the ramp car in there. Like, a, a whole bunch of crazy random stuff so people go, yeah, that was awesome, that was great. And then also they're like, by the way, we're working on a ride. And and what's weird to me, or what's interesting to me, is that Universal hasn't flexed the, the franchise as much as they could. Because where is a place in the world 
that has a ridiculous concentration of theme parks with a variety of different licensees. Where? Just Orlando. Abu Dhabi. Oh, that's right. So in one of the fasts, it was either six or seven, part of the movie took place in Abu Dhabi. Oh. There, there was a heist where they were driving through like a skyscraper, which was flipping crazy. So the fact that Universal hasn't taken advantage of that and had some sort of a Fast and the Furious. There's also a lot of like raceways. There's a lot of raceways where you can experience the speed of F1 or whatever. So the fact that there isn't something like that somewhere is very surprising to me, especially in a, in a destination location like Abu Dhabi. Um, and other than that, we, we mentioned the, that, hey, they're, they are going to be building one in Beijing. Probably not, just because of how unpopular this is. But who knows? The, the franchise does really well overseas, really well in China. Yeah. So the, the fact that they could have something, no, who knows? Perhaps, maybe. But uh, I believe, Andrea, you're right. We are going to start uh, wrapping up today's show. So make sure you, if you want to watch us live, if you want to take part in the conversation, you head over to twitch.tv slash markbdonica. That's me. Uh, that's where I twitch games and a variety of different things. Andrea and I, uh, when we stream together, we call it couples consoling. It's an adorable name that I can't believe I came up with. But uh, uh, make sure to join us for that. We've been doing a lot of theme park-based uh, experiences and we've recently done the Universal Studios theme park adventure which was terrible but bad we also, game we also did Disneyland Adventures which was surprisingly fun and we're gonna do more of it in we're the future we're gonna do more of that in the future we're trying to figure out what we're gonna be doing uh, this upcoming Sunday but um, I'm trying to look for more Fast and the Furious things there were a couple of games that have been removed from various games uh, like uh, 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 digital stores and, and I don't have a lot of physical media right now so why bother backing up for a single Fast and the Furious stream um, you could also support us on TeePublic TeePublic.com slash Party of Two Pod if you watch us live on Mark Bidonica, you can just scroll down all of the links on how to support us are right below us there's, uh, there's a, a variety of different things <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's up on our Party of Two store there's going to be a couple of more things coming up and uh, other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at Party of Two Pod, and you can also follow us individually. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Dole Lip Drea. Yeah. I was about to say my old handle. It happens. It happens, happens all the time. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Bidonica, the same place where you can watch us live on Twitch.tv. If you're watching us live, stay tuned. We're going to do a little bit of a post show. But if you're listening to us on Anchor or wherever you're getting your podcast, make sure to click through to Anchor and subscribe. Leave a comment. That's how more people can listen to the show, become a part of the family. And that was terrible. That wasn't even trying to be done. Yeah. That was just, I just got something in my nose. Um, <laughs> uh, leave a comment. And, uh, and join the family. Uh, thank you so much for your support, and we will see you on the next ride.